There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Yes, we are. And here we are for our second episode of the week. (laughs) Right, because we got some recapping to do. Yeah, so we had uh, put out uh, another new episode covering episode two just a couple of days ago. Yep, just and we are on. here to cover episode three so that we are all caught up. <laughs> and uh, thank you everybody for bearing with us. And uh, we're here, so let's talk about the Curse of Oak Island season nine, episode three, Stone Roadblock. Wah, wah. What? Actually, it it was a really good. It was a really good episode. So at least I thought it was like. It was. It was. It was wonderful. Really wonderful. So, um, what's up? People are starting to get into the chat in the uh, live stream. So, welcome, welcome. If you have not ever joined us for a live stream, we recommend you do so. There's a lot of great people and a lot mm-hmm. of fun stuff going on in our chat, and you can find that on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook whenever we go live. Exactly. And we usually post that we're going live on Facebook. So check us out there, mm-hmm. and then uh, find out when we're going live. Join in on the fun. Usually on Facebook. So make sure to. Uh follow along on our page that's where like all the most recent updates and all that good stuff happens so yes we got a couple of mary's in the chat probably a couple jeff's couple mary's couple jeff's and then wow. we've got a uh, our friend Kristen's here Boki's here we got we got our friends are showing up so Yay. what's up tanya all right so let's talk about what's going on in the uh, money pit how money about pit. we start there we'll start in the money pit Oh, Rick and man. Craig show up. They're mm-hmm. like, what's up, guys? Yeah, so Rick and Craig join Terry, Steve, Scott, and Charles at the operating table. Mm, okay. Um, Steve tells Rick and Craig that there's a rumor going around that they tested the metal found in D2. Is that true? Yeah, he was all about finding out right away. They barely walked up. He's like, hey, tell me about the gold. I'm just thinking, Steve, we've known for over a week now, bro. <laughs> Catch up, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Craig does let him in on um, what the XRF had told them mm-hmm. the uh, in the archaeology trailer. The um, X-ray fluorescent. And we're just just stay test. with XRF. The like... XRF had uh, two samples that came back with gold on them. <gasps> AU. So, you know what's weird? What they only showed us one of the items, and there's supposedly two. Why? They had two items that came up with gold. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. But we only know of one because that's all they show us. And then, you know, I'm already getting ahead of myself because I, I tend to do that. Mm-hmm. But they go to talk to Dr. Krista Brousseau uh-huh. and she says samples that they're going to look at. And then oh. they only examine one. I'm just, I'm just, maybe I'm just that maybe it like broke. So mm-hmm. now instead of one, it's two. Don't know. Anywho. <laughs> It might be the one they were comparing from last year. Could be. Yeah. Could, could, could be. All right. So Terry and Steve, they look stunned at the revelation that they found gold on metal in the money pit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they held that in their hands, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that pulled it out. That's true. We had uh, Charles doing the metal detecting with the pinpointer. He he spotted it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of their find. It's their gold. Sure sure so does that like on the board of fines do they get like bonus gold points you know maybe we should give gold points gold stars gold stars 
Steve, you get a gold star this week, bro. So does Terry and, and Charles, Charles, though. And Scott was there. Scott was there. So as a collective team, they get gold stars. So yeah. the Money Pit boys get gold stars. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Rick says it's not just gold. The percentage is extremely high. 700 parts per million, which may, might seem sound kind of small, but relatively speaking, it's a good, I mean, good little tiny chunk. A good little tiny chunk. I personally don't know. <laughs> But I believe you. Well, it's not parts per billion. Yeah, that's true. So a million, that's, billion. So I mean, a, a million is a thousand billions or mm -hmm. a, sorry, a billion is a thousand millions. So, you know. <laughs> All right. So there was a flashback to finding that metal in D2 at the 88 and a half foot level mm -hmm. and the XRF analysis. Uh, in a little side interview, Rick says that it's far more interesting if the gold is part of the metal rather than in close proximity to gold underground. And it means that it could be a valuable item. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree, Rick. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Clotworthy discusses that the next target in the C1 cluster, borehole B4, which is uh, 14 feet to the northeast of borehole D2. So, in, in like when they, when Clotworthy is explaining that, uh -huh. I'm like, why are they moving so far away from where they just found that metal? Like, why wouldn't they do another one, like, you know, a foot away instead of 14 feet away? Because they probably have one, like, a foot away. And they just didn't show us, Wait. or what? You know, if they, they had pulled something up out of there and they pulled a part of a what they think is a part of a beam, and they think they know what direction that the tunnel could be going in, mm -hmm. then it makes sense to you know go a few away. I don't know. You have to ask them. I, well, I'm asking. You I mean, it's you're the really not here. that far. How away. about you, Chad? Do you know? Hey, Trisha's um, watching us from the food court at the mall. Woo woo! That's pretty Lucky cool. You and the food over court over in uh, Jersey, I think, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so yeah, I just I don't know. That's just something that came into my mind. Like, why don't they just move a foot rather than like fourteen feet? You know, they found something good. You might as well try to like zero in on that thing. But but it costs a lot to drill, and, and it takes time. And they're already like, okay, we found something there. We're gonna put a big can there, right? Is that what they're thinking? You think? Well, we kind of see that later right i know but like is that their thing is it, are they like okay we found something interesting here we're gonna put a 10 foot can here let's go ahead and move on to something that's a little bit further away well they already had planned right what the cluster was gonna be as far as where they were gonna put them down so yeah that would make sense They're like okay we've got a good finding here something's probably gonna go down here based off of this data and previous data so let's see if there's anything hanging out in the other part of our c1 cluster let's see and so they so they try to see so they shall so Something they shall like carry on yeah yeah so there was a little side interview where marty says that gold on the steel is very encouraging and it's if it's accurate that the gold is on the metal and that there's no natural source then he'd say that they're closing in on the treasure and to me that sounds really good mm-hmm like, Marty seems encouraged, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, at this part of the episode, Marty seems really happy. So. Oh, Marty, it's kind of a roller coaster for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rick asks to see Terry's grid, mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask to see Deidre's grid. Where's your grid? I don't have it handy. Oh, never mind. Then. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were like Miss Grid over here. I am. I'm a grid girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the grid girls. Grid girls. <laughs> unite. You, grid girls unite. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> you calm down. All right. Terry shows them that they're working on B4, which is on the northern perimeter of the C1 cluster of tunnels. Not after? No. Okay. And if they find evidence of tunnels, then they have something more to chase. So they're all pretty stoked about this. 
Rick does kind of finish up this little segment at the money pit by saying it's too exciting not to chase. And it's like, it's Christmas morning, but it's not always about Christmas morning. It's about what leads up to it. And though they're not there yet, they know that there are packages under the tree. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And then, um, so they leave the money pit. Do they get, go back to the money pit? They sure do. Yeah. We have very, another very briefly. section in the money pit, well, but like, it's, it's literally really. one sentence in the notes. It says, Adam from Choice Drilling drops another Choice Sausage on Terry's operating table. Its contents are from a depth of 49 feet. Which we know is not at the horizon we're really interested in anyways. Yeah. So. And so the kind of, that's kind of it for the money pit. Nope, we have one more. Yeah, I guess uh, towards the end of the episode, right? Yeah, so so we have Craig, the... Terry, mm -hmm. Charles, Steve, and Scott, you know, money pit boys money hanging pit out boys. there. Mm -hmm. who are overseeing borehole B4. And the first sausage that hits the table is at 89 feet. Okay, that's right. The, the zone of interest. The zone of interest. The tunnel horizon, if you will. Sure. And at the very bottom of that core, mm -hmm. so at the 89-foot mark, they have a little bit of wood. Itty -bitty Itty -bitty wood. wood. <laughs> it's like, it looks like a dowel. It like does. A little tiny dowel sticking up the end. You like, uh, Craig, I think, pulls it out it does it looks like a dowling goes boop puts it just right back in there yep and uh but terry was stoked oh he's like course. oh this is what i wanted to see so, so was robert clotworthy he was Wood found nearly 90 feet well yeah almost 90 uh sure. terry points out that they're right at the tunnel horizon and where they've been hitting it is at 88 to 92 feet so it's this is very interesting and they only got a little bit of wood in this one, but the next one, which hits the table, is at 90, is the 93-foot one. And Terry pulls out a huge piece of wood, and it's definitely been hand-sawn. Okay, it wasn't huge. It was just a bigger chunk. Okay, it was significantly bigger than the toothpick, okay. so it was 30 Okay. It was. And it looked like um, it would have been done with a handsaw because your sign's all wiggity whack. It wasn't machine. No, definitely. And uh, Craig agrees with that. Thanks. Yeah. Th this is good. This is good stuff. So, yeah. And so it's the beginnings of uh, more pieces to the puzzle. But they're yeah. still missing about 500 pieces to this thousand piece puzzle, right? <laughs> right. And it's funny because as they're kind of zooming out, pulling away, and they've already talked about it being like the floor of a tunnel, you hear Steve say, it's almost like we can't miss. And I just laughed and said, okay, calm down. Calm down, Steve. <laughs> calm down, Steve. We've been missing for quite a while. <laughs> so, yeah, we can miss. Hey, it's, it's good to have the optimism. It's good it's to have the excitement. So, can you blame the guy? No. He's and soaked. I think about, so last year, remember when he was climbing into the clearing quote unquote that was not a clearing and <laughs> marty's like you really are the eternal optimist aren't you yeah it's a little clear it's it, like two feet wide it wasn't even like he could barely he was like hunched over not even standing it's in this clearing right here uh okay steve <laughs> calm down uh, calm down uh so yeah. i think steve's officially the eternal optimist between clearings and we can't miss Sure. We need an optimist because uh, Marty's having a hard time this episode. He is. But we're not there yet. We're he, not. He's still a happy camper right he now. He is. Especially, what, we want to go to St. Mary's? Let's go to St. Mary's University. Boo! 
Trip. Field Trip with Craig, Marty, and Dan Hensky. Oh, Hensky. Dan the man Hensky. It was so good to see him. Yeah. So they arrived to have the analysis done of the metal found in D2. Mm-hmm. So this is in addition to the XRF scanning that they did on the island. Correct. And um, so what did Marty say on the way to uh, see Dr. Brousseau? Well, he's excited. And he's like, this should be an interesting day, Craiger. I'm sorry. I'm calling him Craiger from now on. That's amazing. What is that? What? What's what's Craiger? I don't know. It's Craig's nickname. It's his alter ego. So usually a nickname shortens a name. (laughs) Maybe they'd call him C. You know, like you, you get called D, right? For short for Deidre. I mean, I've been called lots of things, but yeah, D. D is fine. Yeah, but like Craig, like nicknames are usually shortened and not not elongated. Not necessarily. <laughs> nicknames can be something completely different that describes your personality, such as the Eternal Optimist is a lot longer than Steve. Okay, Craiger. So Craiger is longer, and that's fine. Craiger. So yeah. Craiger. Yeah. Well, Craig said. Sure should. <laughs> you know, so he's he's probably been called that a few times. Yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. So, um, Marty, you know, they're walking mm-hmm. down to the uh, to go into the building. Yep. And he asks Dan Hensky, at this stage of your life, Dan, 82 years old, do you believe that there's still treasure to be found on Oak Island? And I loved Dan's reply. Epic. So what composed you for an 82-year-old. Um, what Dan says... How can I phrase it? Relatively speaking, I suppose you could say I'm more sure there's treasure on Oak Island than I am the sun will rise tomorrow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> that wowed whoa. that wowed Craig and Marty. And it was like like whoa. Like the like how do you respond to that? How do you respond? Because literally, you know the sun's gonna rise tomorrow. <laughs> oh, we don't though, I well, guess. We do. no, I mean we Dan. Do. Okay. No, we think, know. <laughs> think Dan is that's like really, really sure, right? Like more sure than Rick, in my opinion. Because Rick is like, even if there's not, let's say, treasure here, there's this story, and the story's important. Dan's like, no, throw down the gauntlet. There's treasure here. And I'm so sure of it. <laughs> It, you know, I'm willing uh, to bet that we're going to find treasure more than the sun will rise tomorrow. And then we will get tomorrow. the sun tomorrow. And that we'll have another day to keep looking for it. He is that sure. Like that to me is saying something, especially considering how much knowledge is in Dan's head. Genius. Yeah. He's a very intelligent guy. So will someone just ask Dan where the treasure is? Because, I mean, that was Laird's plan last year. And Yeah. Dan Hensky, maybe man. that's why they're doing so well. Maybe they just asked. Look how well Dan Hensky's doing. Like 82 years old. Yeah. Like he's not hunched over whatsoever. He's just standing up straight, proud, tall. You know, has his wits about him. Mm-hmm. Can come up with a nice quip like that. I mean, I, think... I appreciate Dan Hensky. Oh yeah, exactly. And Dan, remember um, <laughs> what was Laird ter- telling us about Dan? His like one of his memories <laughs> from the past season was. Uh, because they were saying how good of like health and stuff he was, like doing these scissor oh, yeah. kick yeah. leg yeah, things right. and stretch. I was like, "Whoa, Dan's a yogi." I mean, he's a lot better shape than me. I'll I'm, tell you, I'm following the Dan routine. <laughs> yeah, we he's, need the Dan Hensky uh, workout plan. I'm in. 
because <laughs> I mean, Dan, package it and sell it. So give me ten percent for the idea. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. It was okay, so I guess we should carry on and get to what's actually happening. Happening. Over hey, at there's Saint no, Mary's. there's no, there's nothing saying we can't praise Dan Hensky to the moon and back. That's true. So, Dan, you're to awesome. To the sun dude. and back. To the sun tomorrow and back. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they do join Dr. Krista Brousseau in the lab to get the scientific analysis of the metal found in borehole D2 to verify that it contains gold. You know, they get their lab coats on and stuff. Mm -hmm. Dr. Brousseau asked how things have been going on the island to which Craig and Marty replied. Good. We've been busy. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I had trouble remembering and like before we went live today, you're like, did they go see Dr. Christopher Brousseau last year? And I'm like, I think so, but I don't remember. So it might have been a long time since they've seen each other. Yeah, at least in person. Because I think mm -hmm. they just sent stuff out to her. Yeah. Because we remember. did get like video conferencing for sure with her over some stuff. Yeah. But I think it, with everything on even further lockdown last year, we didn't actually get. Something the in my mind tells me they went down there, but maybe they didn't. I don't know. This had so much going on last year in a season where nothing was supposed to go on. So who knows? Oi. Oi. Uh, Craig was bragging, you know, basically. He's like, hey, we got this XRF device now. Total, so total we don't flex. need you for everything, bro. What's that? <laughs> Brousseau. What, what is that? A weird flex, bro. But yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, he was bragging. <laughs> Good job. And uh, that they ran this metal and it told him that there was indication of gold. Marty says that they're really excited about it and it's from very deep in the money pit and it wasn't a, a very exciting piece of metal until they ran the test on it. I think it's an exciting piece of metal because it had that cement type material on it, right? Mm -hmm. So Marty, get more excited, please. Oh, his excitement is just, uh, just starting. <laughs> All right. So uh, Krista says that they will find out about that gold and Marty says, that's good. That's good. What I want to hear. So. There was a little side interview with Marty, and he says that they're not just extremely curious, but he's extraordinarily curious about this metal found in D2. And at this point, you find it hard to discard that treasure was at one time here. And if there really was gold in these pieces of metal at, at around 90 feet, um, searchers wouldn't have been carrying around gold. So it means that this is very, very significant. Uh -huh. I concur. Yeah. So we get to see another familiar doctor. Dr. Sean Yang. Sean, good to see you. Good to see you. you I don't think we saw him at all last year. Yeah, it's just so funny. Every time they call him Sean and then they put his name on the screen and it's spelled X-I-A-N-G. <laughs> and I mean, I guess that's how you say Sean. And Well, it's how you spell it, not how you say it. Well, I mean, it's just, I know, but it's just, it's just funny every time I see it. But I love seeing Sean Yang. I, I mean, he's fun. Seems perfectly normal to me i it, yeah. i don't you're weird all right so sean yang he's there uh he puts a sample uh into the scanning electron microscope sem and that can magnify critical features to as much as two hundred thousand times their actual size uh -huh. and it can also measure the precise chemical composition um of the metals so so basically the xrf is like mm -hmm. the first it's like the pre-filter yeah. Before they send it in for further analysis, because you scan it and see if it seems interesting enough to 
spend the extra money to have it further analyzed. Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah, they, until they got to take it down to the big boys, the big boy toy. Yep. Or whatever. Big boy. <laughs> this is <laughs> the XRF is um, less than the uh, what is it? This thing called the uh, scanning electron microscope. You know. Than the SEM. <laughs> yes. The SEM is greater than the XRF. Yes, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Marty says that uh, what happens here really influences what they're going to do on Oak Island for the rest of the year. So he's on pins and needles for their analysis. No pressure here. Yeah. Uh, Krista and Sean check iron levels first. No magnet. No manganese. manganese. No, no manganese detected, which is great because Marty says, hey, that means it's pre-1840. And that's exactly what they, they need to see there. Mm -hmm. If it has manganese, throw it away. Which is okay, maybe not throw confusing it away, to me because for some reason I thought the manganese was a good thing, but I forgot. No. My bad. No. Uh, Sean says that he's looking uh, for a shiny piece. He found one and it was detected as pyrite. Fool's gold. Wah, wah. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Krista does say, yeah, you know, we don't want to see that. Marty um, uh, Slash says, oh, here we go. This is fool's <laughs> gold. Uh, Sean found something very bright under the uh, microscope. Krista does say it's very interesting. And and it's... It's gold! <laughs> gold! <laughs> Come on, you're the soccer person. I know. I, I need that to up be, you. like, twisting my scarf around my head. Mm -hmm. Maybe... Uh... Oak Island scarf. Oh, <laughs> and do some kind of chant. Okay. <laughs> gold. <All right. laughs> yes, it's gold. Craig says that is fantastic news. I agree. Marty asks Krista what ratios they're seeing in the gold. She says it's gold and copper and silver. Mm -hmm. And she says that's exciting. And Marty says that's extremely exciting. <laughs> so, um, uh, what what is the composition of uh, the gold? Uh, so the gold is that. Well, Sean is telling us that it's 65% gold, 26% silver. And Krista explains. Copper, actually. but Copper. Who, who's counting? Uh, Sean <laughs> and apparently us. But, yeah. you know, I guess I can't read. Uh, Krista explained that adding copper to a gold alloy created what she thought was uh, what we'd know now as like rose gold. And, of course, Clotworthy, Sir Robert Clotworthy chimes in. And oh, he has to tell us all about uh, rose, rose gold, gold and the history of it. Naturally. And how it was a process that of making gold that dated back to the Middle Ages. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And how adding uh, copper to gold would make it you know, rose in color. And back in the day, they used to describe gold as red in color. As the color red. Uh, let's see here. Craig says that he's encouraged that the metal is very old. And it was found in an area of the money pit. Where they shouldn't have been. There shouldn't have been anyone. Or any anywhere around there. Yeah. Uh, Marty says pre-1840. They didn't know anyone was tunneling in the area. And Craig at. And. <laughs> tunneling up there and Craig replied no and that's why he's encouraged by the results know what I've learned what we should have just listened to Charles in the first place yeah can we just put Charles and Dan Hensky on a team and then be like 
please let us know the location and we'll come back with Billy's trout. <laughs> that is all. Yeah, they're going to need like Vanessa's uh, digger, not. Oh, Billy's. yeah, Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, they do, you know, that that's kind of it mm-hmm. with uh, St. Mary's University. They do thank uh, Dr. Christopher Brousseau and Dr. Mm-hmm. Sean Yang for their work and they head out. Marty says that this isn't the last you've seen of us. And I'm uh, not surprised. Uh, Krista replied, excellent. <laughs> I'm and, sure she's yeah. glad. Hey, so after this section, there was like a commercial break. And you mm-hmm. know what I saw in the commercial break? What did you see in the commercial break? Um, I saw a Christmas commercial for the Hershey Kisses with the bells. That, you mean you the know? one same one since like the 50s? Yeah. And so I guess it's officially Christmas season, even though it's not even uh, Thanksgiving yet. How does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Deidre's birthday is Christmas Day. It's coming up real soon. I'm ignoring that. I'm not. I am. I'm not. So you're about to. <laughs> anyway, Christmas is right around the corner. Merry Christmas, Anyways, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas to the swamp. The swamp. Let's go to the swamp. We got okay. swamp action. Lots of swamp action. Okay, you need to calm down. You and Steve are like... Yeah. Oh, excited there. The, the first time in the swamp in this episode, we have Rick, Craig, and Billy. Uh-huh. You know, the three amigos. <laughs> the three amigos. And uh, they're looking for new clues in the swamp. Uh, there is a flashback of, you know, Terry Duvaux doing his uh, presentation in the war room from episode one. Yes. And, um, you know, they do show the, what we consider to be the peg leg and I the barrel think pieces. It's a peg leg, and they haven't told us yet. Well, we got probably 20 episodes left of uh, of them to give us that To info. tell us. Yeah. Whatever. It's a peg leg. So there's a uh, interview, and Rick says that they are engaged in the uh, suggested, maybe that's supposed to be southwest corner of the swamp. <laughs> it's my, uh, my typo. We don't ever go back and fix, like, the little things after taking those notes. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes... The autocorrect. Yeah, autocorrect got us. Um, yes, well, I was laughing earlier South- because uh, you were coming to the word that you couldn't. Get, it was the word abs instead of and, and I was like, oh, please say abs. That'd be so funny if you I was said like, abs. Why are we talking about Craig's abs? <laughs> Craig's abs. Uh, he's buff. Um, no, that's Dan Hensky's abs. He's buff. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, the southeast corner of the swamp and the way that it was going to happen is Billy's going to come in with the excavator and basically they're unzippering the land and mm-hmm. they're going to peel it back and open it up. And Gary's going to come in with his metal detector and find some items. Mm-hmm. At least that's a hope. Yes. Hopefully with his metal detector and his twin optical scanners. Yeah. So does Gary get in there? Yep. Gary, of course gets in there. He's metal detecting, gets a hint, hint, a hit, mm-hmm. which is a hint. Uh, and Miriam comes over to see, see what he's up to. Got to keep an eye on Gary. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, I wonder if uh, Laird was like, hey, Miriam, keep an eye on Gary. Yeah. <laughs> keep an eye on on that uh, bloke. <laughs> on that bloke. <laughs> I think Gary and Laird are, are are starting to team up. Like, you think they're you secretly say? They're, best they're friends? They're the odd couple. Mm. I, I think they're like BFFs behind scenes. Could be. That That's all I got. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. He is over there metal detecting. Um, he gets a uh, Miriam's like, "What you up to?" Mm-hmm. And Gary gets a reply, uh, or replies that he found some big shards of pottery mm-hmm. in one spot, and he didn't want to disturb them. And so he's glad a archaeologist comes over to, to take check the lead, right? Out. Yeah, and obviously 
She's excited. And obviously, Gary was wrong because it wasn't uh, it wasn't pottery. pottery, apparently. It was glass. Uh, so Miriam pulls out, like, a broken shard of what they call black glass and noted that it has lots of bubbles in the glass. Hey, wait, the chat is saying that there is, um, since we have um, Miriam coming over to keep an eye on, uh, Gary, uh, on Gary, she gets this. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get it. Keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Get her. Get hey, well, him, she's in charge of like she that is. kind of stuff, you know. She is the spirit of Aaron since he can't be there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> but they get talking about how the bubbles indicate that the glass is much older because it was created using an older process mm -hmm. and the process wasn't quite as refined. Sure. And we kind of knew that from last year when Gary found some more, but what's really interesting is how much of it there is you know craig takes a look at the glass from mary's holding it to the sky and what does he see that they've been trying to reach him about his car's extended warranty <laughs> as soon as deidre said that we she's like we got to make a meme <laughs> and so like she didn't make one and i was like well i guess i'll make one i didn't think it was as funny as she did but it's actually getting a a, a good um well once you made it you saw how much more funny it yeah, was it was it's pretty weird because when i watch the show i'll just like i see a clip and a moment and it flashes in my head of like this is what it needs to th be this should be this mm -hmm. this should be that it watching yeah. shows with me is quite weird yeah so if you don't know what we're talking about go to our facebook page and check out uh the most recent post before this podcast post but it has a picture of uh craig holding up that piece of glass up to the light mm -hmm. and then it zooms in and then it zooms in again and then it zooms into the piece of glass itself and it has a little message on it that says, uh, what does it say? Uh, we've been trying to reach you about your car's oh. extended warranty or yeah. whatever. Because oh. it's, it's just a funny thing. And I didn't it think is. it was that funny, but it turned out pretty it, funny. It so, is. And, it, well and it's over on the uh, Instagram. It's oh, over on, on the Instagram. gram, too. Okay. Oh, good, so. good job. Well done. Uh, maybe we should carry on <laughs> yeah. with this broken shard of glass. Uh, Miriam pulls out another big piece mm -hmm. with a woo. And Gary says that they've hit the mother load. I agree, Gary. Yeah, he says that it has the 1700s written all over it, which is funny because he's like, this is definitely pottery. But no, he got a better look at it. Well, yeah, it was like still. In and the he ground. is a pro. Like he he's seen this stuff before. So. Uh -huh. And even Laird's very interested. And mm -hmm. for them to be able to be sure what it is, they, they really need to find the neck and rim because Laird was explaining that it could be like an old uh, wine bottle. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, they needed that too. In my in my notes, I wrote they, that Rick, Larry, and Billy arrived to see what all the hubbub was about. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping you would say hubbub, but you didn't. I haven't even. Oh, I thought you were past that point. My bad. Go go on. Carry on. My bad. Rick, Laird, and Billy arrived to see what all the hubbub is about. Yay. <laughs> I'm always happy to see the three amigos come on over. And the hubbub. Mm -hmm. Oh, geez. So Miriam pulls out exactly what they're looking for which is the topper. The topper. The topper. Mm -hmm. She hands it to Laird, who says it has a nice finish. And again, that it's anywhere probably from 1770s to 1780s, he'd say. Laird and you agrees. Know, you know what uh, uh, Terry would say to that? What? Oh, bingo. Like, literally, that's... Uh, he would, I if mean, he knew that. No, I'm just saying that Gary said it was 1700s, so bingo. Bingo. Got it. Um. Miriam goes on to say that it's a good idea and whoa. 
oh sorry clotworthy chimes in mm. and tells us all about the wine bottles how they date you know almost three decades before the discovery of the money pit so good sign right yeah and is this wine bottle from a previous searcher someone making a deposit i mean we could speculate 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 and Marion said you know it's a good air it's a good find and gary replied it's a top pocket find and my first response was don't put that in your top pocket you're gonna cut yourself ow you better check yourself before you wreck yourself gary literally like <laughs> that would that would be quite the wreckage. Yeah. So Rick uh, says that what he's really interested in is what he's seeing is his cobbles over here. Yeah. He's and not even looking at what they've he's pulled like, out. He's like, cool bottle, bro. But what about but these cobbles? How about this? That looks like a whole new structure. <laughs> yeah. So he notes that it's stacked rock and about two to three feet tall and very consistent. Uh, he says that it, it could be an aha right here. Mm -hmm. And it's something that um, it's hard to say. Uh, that it's not a human intervention and it's built. So he's pretty stoked about it. Yeah. I mean, just look at the way the wood is stacked in with it too. Yeah. I'd agree. It looks exactly like the edge of the stone road when they discovered it before. For sure. Uh, Billy jumps in saying that it looks like the edge of the swamp was planned. Like when he's looking at it, it seems very much very deliberate. So Billy concurs. Yeah. And Billy asks if this is from, like, all this stuff is from the new stone feature, or is this part of the road? Because they're kind of in that weird hmm. zone. I thought but Gary asked that, but that's why I just said you said Billy. So cool. It's all good. Billy, I mean Gary. It's going to be that. wrong every once in a while. It's not I'm that sure big of a deal. I wasn't, yeah. but the new stone feature. So they're kind of in like this weird little pocket between the features. It is. Right? Yeah. And it's like a hole in the features. Yeah. And we know from earlier this season with Terry DeVoe kind of uh, projecting the idea that this there could be a uh, like a wharf that extends out into the water yeah. and how things lined up. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Oh my gosh. I wish we could go back to like the year 1700 and just see what this thing looked like. Maybe that was before it was even built, but how about, I don't know. I don't want to go back to 1800. There, there should be a note about it. Should be a note. You think someone left you well, a note? I mean, note? Daniel McGinnis was there in 18 or 1795 and his buddies, right? So, so do you think he left you like a note carved in a tree? Not a note, but well, like... that's what you said. <laughs> There should be a note about it. Well, I mean, like there should Look be over there here. Should, there should be One papers. Day we swam upon the shore, <laughs> and there was a deep depression in the ground. <laughs> Is that what Daniel McGinnis sounded like? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, you're weirdo. Uh, I am. Mm -hmm. You're the one wanting to go in back in time to find a note from McGinnis. <laughs> yes. Let's carry on in our current. Mm -hmm situation well rick does ask what is this doing so deep <laughs> laird says that's a good question because it is a bit deeper it looked like it was deeper than the other um uh section of stone road but it was a lot closer to the ocean mm -hmm. so that could have something to do with it could have been something like trash that dropped in you know off the path or whatever yeah because you now you're drinking your wine bottle and you trip over a stone and sinks to the bottom yeah miriam takes a look at it and she says she's not sure what direction it's going at but it uh it's so weird and gary says it's fantastic gary um, likes weird. 
Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Rick says that he thinks that he needs to try to find the boundary. And mm -hmm. there is a side interview with Rick saying that there may be a path that leads south and east from the Stone Road and that he thinks that they need to have Steve Guptill come out and accurately pin these stones and take the data and establish boundaries. So what happens after that? Call in the Guptill! <laughs> Steve arrives to Steve do his thing. Steve practically comes trotting in. Mm -hmm. It's like he knows there's like a... I was going to say Steve GPS, but that is actually a thing. It's like, a Steve signal. Steve PS. Yeah. Um, you ever, okay. So you and I watched the new uh, uh, Superman adventures or what yeah. is it? Superman and Lois. Yeah. yeah. It's like a new show, new um, show on, uh, I was going to say WB, but that's not a thing anymore. What is the channel? The CW. Yeah, sure. Okay. So that's what channel it's on. Anyway, how they that's call nice. Superman is they have like this, um, like if he's on the other side of the world or something, mm -hmm. they, like each family member has like a little button that they press and Superman flies in. Oh, yeah. So it's like, that's it's what like they have pager. for Steve. They it's... have one of those for Steve where they click it and Steve comes running in. Right. Isn't that basically the same thing? Right. You, like at a... first you're like, what are you talking about? You weirdo. And then you're like, wait, I feel like yes. they have like a, a Steve GPS tracking device. And then they like probably. They press a button. Steve <laughs> shows up and Steve's like, trot, trot, trot. Here I come me mm -hmm. and my big stick. Um, yeah, basically, because he's gonna part the waters like Moses. Okay, oh, yeah. so here comes Steve arriving to do his thing, and Steve says that he can tell that one of his targets, elevation-wise and alignment-wise, it works with the cobble of the path. If it is, and that's probably man-made. And what are you that heads east-west? You want me to read it? Yeah. All right. Steve says that uh, he can tell that one of his of these targets he's looking at, elevation wise and alignment wise, works with the cobble path, and that it is man made and is part of the type of path that um, it could be an outlet and heads east toward the money pit. So, if this is a man, a man if this is man made, it could potentially be very important. Uh, Steve then surveys and he says that he'll put it on the plan when he's done. Hey, time out real quick. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to say like uh, we decided to go live today. Mm -hmm. um, spur of the moment. Like we didn't have a, an elaborate plan put mm -hmm. up. Um, I did notice that I got a notification that the curse of Oak Island and beyond is mm -hmm. live right now. So if anyone wants to drop out and go jump over there because they have mm -hmm. a scheduled live uh, thing. Oh um, yeah. I forgot. Go, go do that. Feel free and come back and watch us or download the podcast and listen anytime. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we try not to uh, schedule at the same time as those guys. Yeah. And so also if uh, you're a podcast listener of ours, there's another excellent podcast called the curse of oak island beyond you can find it on all the you can download it anywhere right now right yep spotify and, all those places and then they're also on youtube facebook yeah. yeah and our cat is making himself known once again anyway i just wanted to throw that out there don't feel bad if you if you want to jump out and go jump into their live uh thing that was scheduled and then you could come back and watch this anytime because it's always going to be here yep the thing's always going to be there too but you know we love those guys. Yeah, they're cool. We don't want to, you know. I think we didn't mean to like. They do something special on Saturdays. Yeah, so my, our bad. We're gonna try to do these on Thursdays going forward. Yes. It was just, uh, yeah, we just we're just catching up today. Sorry for. Okay, so now back to our regularly scheduled. Uh, uh, you mean not regularly scheduled program? Basically. 
All right. So um, in a side interview, uh, after uh, Steve said his thing, uh, we did have Rick say that it is possible that the uh, part of the path that leads to the swamp um, from the money pit or to the money pit from the swamp to the money pit is interesting feature to him. And it speaks to the original paved area. Mm -hmm. It looks like it. And it's very well defined. The original paved area or the original? <clears throat> I don't know. It all has so many names. I'm, I'm thinking he's talking the about the northern area. part of the swamp. I, do you or do you think they're talking about the road? I think they're talking about the paved area up in the northern part of the swamp. Uh -huh. But heck if I know. Heck if you know. Yeah. Uh, I, this confused uh, me because what I remember as the mm -hmm. takeaway from this was that the elevations were uh, both at... One foot, eight inches. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see any of that in there. So I was confused as to what you were talking about. But yeah, it looks like it's important. And yeah, good job, Steve. Mary McMahon in chat asks for the cat's name. Uh, the cat's name is Simon Howell. Simon Howell, because he's a howler. Yes. He came to us with the name Simon. Deidre named it Howell. All right. So um, do we go to, uh, to more of the... Um, swamp. I know we have more swamp action. Let's yeah. let's do that. Then we could come back and do the uh, interpretive center stuff. Yeah, I agree. So right. we do have more work down in the southeast corner of the swamp. Let me take a look here. I just want to make sure that it makes sense to go here. Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. All right. So we have Laird, Liz, and Miriam doing their thing. Yep. The trial team unite. Um, and this is the next morning after mm. they've had a conversation at the Oak Island Interpretive Center patio. Sure. We'll go back and talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, Laird is digging in a pit and has found a piece of very old pottery. And it looks to be very delicate and it's fairly deep. Yeah, to me, when he was, when he was trying to get this out, mm -hmm. I was like, uh, if I saw that, I would just think it's a piece of dirt <laughs> and like, like a rock, I, right? I'm sure if I would have grabbed it and like, you know, touched it, mm -hmm. I would have, it would have just dissolved in my hands and I would have been like, okay, I'm just a piece of dirt. Good thing you're not an archeologist, yeah. but he Laird is like, Liz, come here. And she comes running. And I would like to point out, she has a utility belt with a trowel in it. Mm. It's amazing. You said, oh, I love her necklace. I'm like, what necklace? Yeah, she's got <laughs> a necklace with a trowel on it. Yeah. She's like all in. Yeah, I didn't see it. Because like, I don't know. Like, she seems to flash in front of the screen. Like, she's the flash. If she's a superhero there, she's like. And no. I don't see it. She doesn't get like the camera on her. She uh, is the Robin to Laird's Batman. They, okay. are a they are quite the tag team. No, duo. Duo. They are a duo. So Batman and Robin are the dynamic duo. Mm -hmm. Do you have a name for this duo? The dynamic duo. Oh, okay. Duh. That works too. So, um, yeah, and it's delicate, and he says it's fairly deep. Liz, Liz goes on to tell him, well, that's okay. It means it's probably in its original context, right? Yeah. Laird agrees and asks her to make him a tin foil pouch for it. And Laird is very carefully pulling it out and putting it on the foil. <laughs> and this is where he says, this is where we find out it's a rock. No, you're not Steve, bro. I know. <laughs> Only Steve finds rocks. Steve finds rocks. Sorry, Steve. We're really kind of giving you the run today. We still heart you, Steve. It'll heart, never change. It'll Steve. never change. Um, But 
clearly it is not um it's just really degraded and he's showing like uh that there's lots of grits on it uh explains to liz there might be some decoration on the other side once they get it cleaned up and you can tell it's definitely not a rock because of the type of striations in it yeah oh john in the chat the digmatic duo it's pretty good that's That's from uh john h thanks Thanks, john h yeah thanks <clears throat> I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Laird and Liz tag team in it down there. Yeah. And Laird goes on to say it's definitely Mi'kmaq pottery, but he he's very sure of this and describes it as the most delicate that he's ever seen. Does that mean oldest? I most likely, or just because it's so degraded, yeah, right? It's been I like mean, submerged forever. Mm-hmm. I. So would imagine we've seen a lot of very delicate items. So that's saying something. Yeah. We do have Clotworthy chiming in with a kind of a little overview of the Mi'kmaq uh, mm-hmm. pottery. And um, so I always called it Mi'kmaq because that's what they had. That's what they we've, had called it. At we've heard it many yeah. ways. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say something else right now real quick. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I got a little, uh, Flem in the throat. Sorry. Now. Um, so they talk about First Nations, um, Acadia First Nations mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just so hard for me to wrap my brain around that term because like growing up, it was always, you know, Indians, the Native Americans, and I'm assuming Native Canadians. Do just they natives. in Canada, do they call them did they call them Native Canadians? And it's just like it's like First know, Nations. The, yeah, the first it's only like the last couple of years that that's become more of a like a popular term. term. And so it's just like hard for me to like, anytime they say it, I don't know. It's just like, well, you're shifting like what you're used to hearing ever since growing. It's just weird that something like that was like a normal thing kind Mm -hmm. of changed over time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, just an example of that. I don't have any real thing to talk about as far as it goes. It's just um, something just uh, recognizing that uh, times are changing, I guess. huh? Mm -hmm. Because that's something that people. I like um, that term but i like first nations yeah it's just it's just weird for me still i just need to hear it more well luckily you're gonna hear it plenty more here on the curse of oak island i guess so yes Mm -hmm. i think it's wonderful uh let's see here laird is showing oh yeah we already went through on the lines he is explaining how they used to call this like from the ceramic period Mm-hmm. And now they call it the woodland period. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I'd have to Laird do some Googling. Um, but so he said it could be 500 years old or it could be up to 2,500 years old. That's a big. That's a huge difference or a huge. Uh, like gap. Laird usually <laughs> gives us a pretty big time frame, but yeah. this is even big for Laird. Yeah, it's 2,000 years. So in an interview, Laird says that. He's ever since he's been working on Oak Island, he's expected they would find something from the Mi'kmaq here and expected the evidence that they're finding now, even though it's really, really early, right? As far as what they're finding it. And they've only opened up just a little bit of the ground, right? We talked about zippering it open, but it's very, with it being so deep, and with it being pottery, it, it's like saying they've been here a long 
time with it being pottery and being so deep. Um, but he's going to take the artifacts back to the archaeology trailer. And uh -oh. wait, do we need it now? Yep. To, to the, the archaeology trailer, trailer with uh, uh, at Potter. least Batman, right? Yes. Laird, Laird, Laird Man. Man. Laird Man. Not Bat Laird. So, uh, but he also needs to let Rick know. And this is where he asks Liz if she can hold the fort. And she says, absolutely. And I'm like, yeah, you're definitely Robin. And then we're like, oh, yeah, girl. She's got it, bro. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, yeah, my notes even say Liz is totally Robin to Laird's Batman. There you go. She even already has the utility belt. Mad props to Liz. Mad props. Okay, so is that... No, we have more Swamp. Yeah. Yeah, because they come back with Steve's show and tell. Well, what did they... What Like, what... The archaeology trailer, what happened? But we don't know, because it's not like they scanned anything with... Oh, so it's just... It's basically Laird just headed out there. Yeah, Laird okay, is saying, gotcha. I'm taking the tinfoil. <laughs> I'm taking my dinner. I thought that they went into the archaeology trailer for some reason. I guess not. Well, it's all right. We got the, the sound. We got a flashback from the archaeology yeah, okay. trailer earlier. All right, so the last time in the swamp. Do we want yes. to talk about that or the war room? Uh... Let's yeah. go swamp. Yeah, I think the swamp is fine. So, you know, Steve has told them he's going to do a plan after he took, like, the boundaries and yeah. everything. And that uh, Rick was asking him to project the paths in the different directions. Yeah, so they do show up with, like, uh, Rick is there, Laird, Miriam, Billy, Dr. Spooner, and Steve. And Laird, uh, Rick is like, so... Um, what was the results of, uh, you know, you mapping that out? And Steve was like, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> He's like, I got all the cards right now. He totally does. And he shows up with handouts for everybody, <laughs> which I I laughed. I was like, okay. That's something you would do. Handouts? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he hands out two different ones. He's mm -hmm. like, here's ones with the projections of this path. Here's one from with the new tie-ins. And I'm like, oh my gosh, teacher Steve mm -hmm. coming out. So he's doing like an on-site visit there. Um, Steve says he has projected there, like he said. <laughs> we'll yeah, but he's like, he's like, he's uh, like, coy. But what else? He's like, I don't have opinions. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to take that sound clip. I don't have opinions. I have facts. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, bro. I, I feel like Steve might be a data guy. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so he has facts. And he points out that the cobbled path from last year and the kind of like that new area that they're standing at. Yeah. Looks like as far as elevations and everything, it projects that it would come together. And line up as being part of that. Everybody looks shocked. Yeah. Like, whoa. Even Laird is like, oh my gosh. Whoa. Seriously. Yeah. He's thinking, I'm never going to get to retire, is what Laird's thinking. Sorry, Laird. You're going to be on the island forever. Uh, remember when Alex in season one, like episode. Hope I don't spend three. the rest of my life here. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. You're there yeah. forever. You're going to be here for the rest of your summer. Yeah. Hope not the rest of my life. You're Jokes lifer. on you, bro. You're a lifer. <laughs> You're a lifer. Um, so what you can see on the paper is when you're like zoom in to the grid for yeah. the projected path, mm -hmm. like the second one he wanted him to do, which was headed northeast. 
northeast. Yep. Yeah, northeast. It cuts right across the top of like the Dunfield Dig area. Guess where it lands. Guess. Right north of C1 by just a couple feet. Yeah, basically right by a borehole D2. Mm -hmm. It's like right there. Because why not? Because <laughs> we should have just listened to Charles. Charles knew what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Back in 2015. Yeah. Dr. Spooner said that it makes some sense because they're going to uh, into the upland and uh, are so this is likely uh, what they are looking for. He also says, why would you be going that way if you were a fisherman or a farmer? Good point, Spooner. Good you wouldn't. Well, in theory, I mean, I guess if you're a fisherman, you could go to the water, but still. Yeah. So that was everybody's like, aha, whoa. Yeah, I mean. Amazing. Thanks for the close-ups of the map, Steve. I needed that. Yeah, but now they have, you know, we're not there yet. We're going to, we're about to get there, but yep. they have to stop work on this area. And like, why? They got the path to the money pit now. Huh. But, but they'll Steve get there in the future. projected it all the way across the lots. Yeah. So I'm just saying there might be a path to follow. There in, is. I, I guarantee it. There's some areas that are not circled in red that we'll get to. Uh -huh. that, yeah. All right. So Oak Island Interpretive Center patio. Let's okay. get to that because that it, that should have probably followed our talk about. Um, so. Yeah. The uh, St. Mary's University trip. Uh -huh. Marty arrives and he says he's got some really cool information. Uh, Rick, Alex, Jack, Charles and Doug are on hand for this really cool information. Um. So we have Marty explaining that they took the piece of iron from D2 to Dr. Christopher Rousseau and mm -hmm. to Dr. Sean Yang to be evaluated. Um, she said that this was iron without manganese. Manganese? Gosh. And that, you know, it's old. Mm -hmm. uh, they then zoomed in to get a further analysis and the composition is 65% gold, 26% copper, 5% silver. And says that she thinks that the rose could, or the gold could be rose gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty explains that if you look up rose gold, you get 75% gold, 22.5% copper, and 22% silver. Mm -hmm. And says that those are really are like widely different numbers. Yeah, that's like crazy because that's like 115%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like you you must have put an incorrect number in there. Yeah. <laughs> that and But regardless, it's yeah. still widely different numbers. I know they're not going to get the exact percentage right every time sure. you go to make this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's recipes written in code somewhere, mm -hmm. but I mean, this is a really different composition. So uh, beep, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I saw that. You saw the RTD comments, right? Yeah. Uh, Marty then goes on to explain that there's something called Tumbaga gold. Yeah. Uh, which the Aztec, Maya, and Inca made their religious artifacts out of, and it's a wide mix of alloys. Yeah. I looked up Tumbaga gold, and yeah, there's all different types of. I've heard the word potential before percentages in there i was surprised i've heard the word before because i had seen something about it in looking up something for a different treasure hunt mm -hmm. uh long time ago but i didn't know much about it because you know i knew it was uh uh oh gosh what central american south american kind of deal mm -hmm. so yeah yeah interesting stuff yeah Clotworthy has a moment there yes <laughs> as he does um he does also explain that uh, one of the theories about oak island is that the artifacts from the spanish conquistadors 
and that had uh, stuff they had plundered. Um, there had been Spanish artifacts found on the island, such as the ship spikes, 17th century scissors, the 1652 uh, coin found in the swamp. So maybe. Maybe. Uh, let's see here. And in 2015, one of the McGinnis descendants mm -hmm. came in and had brought in that golden cross oh, yeah, that yeah, had been mm -hmm. passed down mm -hmm. through however long. Generations, right? yeah. And that's the one they took to Lori. Yeah, they had been told it was found 30 feet deep in the original money pit. Yeah, Dr. Lori showed up in a flashback. That uh -huh. was fun to see. Yeah. And she follow said, her on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you should if you don't. Of course. Yeah. She's, she does like appraisals and stuff. All the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's pretty active. Follow her. Yeah, antique expert. Uh, she goes on to say that the item looks to be a Christian cross. Um, and to her, in many ways, it looks very Spanish colonial. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that lines up, right? And that it had been dated between 1550 and 1700. Well, hot dog. Hot dog. Uh, Clotworthy goes on to speculate that the Laginas possibly found gold out of borehole. I almost said R2. D2? Out of D2. Out of R2, That D2? would be similar to that of the cross evaluated by Lori. What? Say what? And Marty says that now they have an odd gold that happens to fit the narrative of ancient Spanish gold. And everyone's really excited about the idea. And Doug points out, imagine if it was the same composition. So you know, does this piece of gold match up, say, with what the composition of that other gold cross? The McGinnis cross. Yeah, the yeah. McGinnis cross, which would be amazing. And that would be quite shocking. It would be crazy, man. Like, would that be good or bad? Because it'd be like, oh, well, they had le le legit already found the treasure. <laughs> well, not necessarily, because it could have been, at 30 feet, it could have been dropped on your way down. down. Like, well, I think... The story was that they found like three chests. Yeah, right? but then it was later corrected. But um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Rick points out the, the corroborative evidence. So, mm -hmm. you know, anything that'll confirm each other is always the best measure of whether or not something is real. Mm -hmm. And Rick loves the science and the information, but goes on to say if you were to ask each of us here where we were going to put down caissons we would probably all agree one of them's got to go down d2 here yep yeah and alex is like i think we just uh, made our caisson meeting shorter y you did you did good job well done well so done. one's gonna go there in the 2d d2 yeah so we do have some war room meetings now back to back we're gonna talk about yep and laird is in the hot seat yes so Laird is updating Rick, Marty, and Craig on what is going on as far as that pottery that was found. Mm -hmm. He explains that finding the, uh, how, do you, how do you pronounce Mi'kmaq. Mi'kmaq. Sorry. I always just want to say Mi'kmaq. All right. The Mi'kmaq artifacts. Um, Marty asks what kind, and Laird tells him it's about the pottery. Mm -hmm. uh, Laird goes on to tell them that they did have a meeting with the CCH, and uh, that's cultural. What, do, do you remember that? Something in heritage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I probably should just say CCH. That's and it was a productive meeting. And Rick agrees that it was positive. Mm -hmm. C um, the CCH was thrilled with the find. Laird goes on to explain that it shows that they were doing their job because it was um, they were so careful and that the things that they found were pretty much undisturbed. Yeah. I mean, 
that's amazing, right? Yeah. Good job. Mm-hmm. You're doing your job. Well, that's what he was brought there to do, yo. Yep, and he hasn't left. Yeah. Uh, So, um, however, uh, something CCH has done now is that they are getting a hold of Acadia First Nations to see if they are interested in coming to the island for a site visit. Marty and Craig agree that it's a great idea, and they have no problem with it. Yep. Should have resisted, guys. Just kidding. (laughs) J slash K. Rick chimes in saying that Laird has brought up a concern. Mm-hmm. And says that CCH might require them to stop work in the area because of the artifact mm-hmm. found. And of course, Marty and Craig don't look thrilled. Nope. I, I mean, I understand, but do what we got to do. Yeah. Uh, Marty goes on to say, of course, they're going to cooperate and follow the rules. They found First Nation artifacts and they have a duty to report them. Yep. He is, however, concerned about what they might say and do and require it doesn't dissuade him from doing it as in like reporting and all that good stuff. It's the right thing to do. Because it is the right thing mm-hmm. to do. They have certain, you know, First Nations, they have certain rights under Nova Scotia law. And of course they're going to abide by that. Sure. And Rick points out that without the mystery, nothing else goes on. Nothing else happens. And Marty more or less actually corrects him and says, without you trying to solve the mystery, nothing else happens because, you know, they wouldn't have got here without them trying to solve the mystery. Yep. Or the show or yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a really, it's a good and valid point. Yeah. They, uh, you know, the first nations do, um, have a, um, you know, they, they got to thank uh, the team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't be aware of this find without them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, both sides this have a particular team. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, they brought sure. in an archaeologist. They brought in more archaeologists. I mean, everybody had to assume eventually they were going to find First Nations stuff as Trout it got bigger there. and bigger. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it the right way with plenty of oversight. So, oh, yeah. Yep. So, you know, Rick says that uh, the CCH has said that they will work with us and he's hoping to hold them to that. Mm-hmm. And so I hope they do, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty thanks them for the update and says that Laird will continue to do his thing in the southeast corner of the swamp until he's satisfied. And CCH is satisfied and will go dig elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone heads out to back to work and hopes that uh, the next update will be more positive. Will As it be? Laird knocks on wood and Laird literally knocked on the table. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the war room with an update <sighs> and, and you know, Rick even calls it an emergency meeting. He said, anybody that was available on the Island, he was bringing them in to kind of give them the update. So Rick, Scott, Doug, Laird, Steve, Charles, Jack, and then Marty and Craig are on zoom. And he's calling this route meeting in regards to the fallout from notifying Acadia First Nations and he wants everybody to understand the current situation and he tosses it to Laird to bring everybody up to speed and then my heart breaks for Laird. So Laird's still in the hot seat here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's pretty clear that Laird isn't thrilled at the idea of delivering devastating news and you know I understand that. Acadia First Nations, First Nation got a hold of CCH because mm-hmm. we knew CCH was going to try to get a hold of them, and 
this is all, of course, in regards to the pottery that was found. Yeah. Being that it was pottery that was found meaning that they had been there for quite some time, which I mentioned earlier. How long? We don't know. But pottery indicates a long time. Uh, Rick says that they have requested CC, sorry, Acadia has requested maps and all the information and the data regards to the finds, the locations, the depths, the elevations. Okay, I'm thinking it it's a good thing they hired Steve yeah. like four years ago because they wouldn't have had all this data. And Steve's got it all. And Steve has now, but I mean, they're literally asking not only for the finds, but the location, depths, and elevations. And if they're asking that for all the finds, then they're, man, they've got to have those guys signing NDAs because they're receiving information about all the land with all everything that's been found. That's a lot of information to trust over to someone else that's not in your close team. Mm -hmm. Not just things specifically in regards to necessarily for nations people at least that is how i understood it yeah me too. Uh, laird agrees and says oh sorry uh, and of course steve's working on that and rick has some belief that they won't respond until they have all that information in hand yeah laird, I, I would assume the same yeah and laird did say you know yeah that's that's the case mm -hmm. so uh yeah laird agrees and they need to stop work in the area where the artifacts were found. And that looks like it crushes everybody. Yeah. Laird tries to soften it a little bit with, is just a, the idea that it's a blanket prohibition because they haven't been there yet. Mm -hmm. And Marty's clearly not pleased. Yeah. Rick says, actually the wording is like, he's trying to get across what Laird doesn't want to say <laughs> is that they're saying you must cease and desist immediately. Like that was their verbiage. Yeah. So Marty, poor Marty, uh -huh. he's looking so down and frustrated, uh -huh. you know, like uh, he's literally spent millions and millions of dollars uh -huh. to get to this point. And, you know, I, you got to feel for him, uh -huh. but at the same time, you got to go by the rules or else they're not going to let you do anything. Uh -huh. And they all recognize that. Uh -huh. So it's just, uh, it's just sad to see, you know, the reactions. Uh -huh. And you can tell that Laird is just feeling this so deeply. And so, like, he, I think he feels like he's responsible because he is partly, but he's not. Yeah. Because he's just doing his job. Exactly. But, like he has to abide by everything or else everything gets shut down. Yeah, or else. So it's just, uh, it's a catch 22 where nobody's happy and it's just, it's sad, but there are some silver linings that will come later on in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But you yeah. know, Rick, Rick does say that they're trying to figure out exactly what the prohibitions are. Mm -hmm. And, um, Steve says that they're going to show um, them some of the areas and, um, he starts to share his screen with his maps mm -hmm. overlaid on them. Mm-hmm. And, um, like Marty immediately, he's like, well, what's that? You that know, giant red polygon. Yeah. There's like a big red polygon and a big green polygon on the screen. Uh -huh. And, um, uh, Steve says anything inside the green is they're allowed to pursue to their heart's content. Uh -huh. So go Especially for it. Especially for drilling. Yeah. In the red, uh, they need special permission to access that site, uh -huh. those sites right now. 
And Rick says that uh, the trouble is that the path is going to be off limits. And that's where they really want to explore right now. Because mm -hmm. there's a big red circle over that area and then the area on the northern end yeah. of the swamp. So uh, Marty, he's, he seems to get more and more frustrated mm -hmm. and he sees that those, um, he sees that big red area and he's like, they're telling us we can't touch that. And, uh, at, at one point, what is he saying? He's saying like, okay, well maybe we'll just go in the green area. We'll just do that. We'll throw in the towel. Throw in the towel everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad for poor Marty. I know. And Billy chimes in saying that he, he agrees with Marty on this yeah. and he's, frustrated and he knows oak island's a special place like he he gets that yeah but everything that's been done here so far has had way more oversight than any searchers that have ever come yeah. before yeah. and has been done carefully and but yet he could go to the other side of the island dig all the <laughs> holes he wants and nobody's gonna care yeah i mean uh, are we on team billy well, Billy's on Team Marty. <laughs> Billy is on Team Marty. That, I mean, that's pretty much what I know. he... It's like, it's such, it, like, you, like I said earlier, it's such a catch-22. Mm -hmm. I just wish they can keep going, but they got to you know respect what they found and uh, follow the procedures. So. Well, and as they say, it's in the red area, they need special permission. So, yeah, that's going to mean extra... Oversight. Well, they it's have... going to mean you need to get permission, yeah, right? They, yeah. It's more... So basically, Work. I wonder if these areas just come become more like the McGinnis Foundation mm -hmm. and more like Samuel Ball's uh, property. And they had permission to go on those. They had permission to do some work. It took a while to get that permission, yeah. though. And then it had to be done with, you know, trowels and grids. And um, like they talked about last episode, they, they've gridded the whole island. Yeah. Right? I mean, it makes sense bonnie in the chat says team everyone no, i'm yep. with that yep team we just want everybody to more. have uh to be happy about it and them to go through the right channels but we still want them to be able to dig because we have so much more discoveries that need to be made but when they showed us the red circle mm -hmm. and the green polygon mm -hmm. um in between that spot and uh okay so the new the new red the, okay the red circle for the new found area yes is what i'm thinking about not the uh, stone a road from last year but the new stone feature yeah like when rick had uh steve draw Do you know projection. his imaginary line yeah his projection between the two i mean there's a lot of area between there that's not in red and so that's where they should focus i think yeah i think you start going through where some of these projections are that steve has made it, i don't think it would take too much effort to get down to seeing if there is rock there right i mean some probing into the ground yeah. and you know maybe they're gonna uncover just little patches of the stone path like they did at the end of last year so like aaron yeah. mm -hmm. and miriam yeah like they kept kind of jumping ahead based off the projection yeah. of the path they yeah. kept getting and so they could see where it was that they, was more because time was running out right? it was yeah but it makes sense, mm -hmm. right? So they could do something similar in yeah. those other areas. They could. And maybe it's they're not going down deep all the way. They're just finding the tops of 
the path, right? So we have the aerial imagery that we know there was a path. Yeah. Same idea. You can overlay it to get a projection from there, which very well, if you take that aerial imagery, overlay it, see if it lines up with Steve's projected path, you could get your second confirmer that would put you on a path in the middle of an area where you could dig. Sorry, small tangent. <laughs> but I, I think that is doable and a workaround. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure they find lots of workarounds because literally we're on episode three of like probably mm -hmm. 24, 25. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'd like to, for Marty, for Marty. Uh, just say he... The poor guy didn't get the chance to digest this information before being filmed, right? Yeah. So everybody, everybody else, else yeah. is on the island, and they know that there was a visit. They know that there, these conversations have happening. Clearly, Steve already had to pull the maps. They have had, even if it was just minutes or hours before, time to digest it, and Marty's getting it in real time. And he's fresh. And he's fresh because they were all probably extremely frustrated. Oh, yeah. And but had some time to come back around. And they're all probably stressing, thinking, what are Marty and Craig gonna say? I would be shocked if Marty was like, Oh yeah, everything's gonna be fine. And, after he and spent especially when you're not on the island. After he spent millions of dollars, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would be frustrated just like everybody else because you don't have all the information. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everybody mm -hmm. else was just as overwhelmed and frustrated so now the guy has the info he's gonna come back around and he's gonna digest it just like everybody else so anybody that's been giving marty a hard time he's a human <laughs> just like any of us yeah and a little bit of grace goes a long ways yeah it does and at the same time so does it for laird mm -hmm. you know like um a lot of people were blaming laird for all this this is not Laird's fault. It's not Laird's fault. He's following the protocol. He is doing his job. And I, um, we actually made a post on mm -hmm. Facebook um, this week that actually I'm going to read it real quick. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can pull it up. Um, and it's had a huge response. Like last I looked, it had 80,000 people that have seen this post. So oh, that's yeah. pretty big. And there was lots of love for Laird. Yeah. So I, I, we just wrote our friend Laird Niven had a really tough night last night on the curse of Oak Island. People are going to blame him for the obstacles and the fellowship's path to answers, but he's literally doing the job he was brought to Oak Island to do. He's brought so much credibility to the search. And for that, we should be thankful to him and to the rest of the team of archeologists that work on Oak Island hugs for Laird. We still heart you buddy. Right. And we had a couple pictures of him, like looking really stressed. <laughs> Um, it's a tough and, spot to be in. Yeah, well, a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter and other places had like put a lot of kind of there was a lot of negativity toward Laird that mm -hmm. night and the following morning. And Laird doesn't deserve that. He has been such a crucial part of this team. So, and on the flip side, Marty doesn't deserve it either because mm -mm. he's a crucial. He's like literally the most like he's, without Rick and Marty, mm -hmm. there'd be no show, right? And so there'd mm -hmm. be no uh, updates on what's going on in Oak Island. So Rick is, or sorry, Marty is also a huge, crucial member of the team, obviously. Well, duh. But yeah. also, like, this search wouldn't continue going if it wasn't for Laird. So they needed sure. an archaeologist to come onto the island and oversee stuff. And mm -hmm. honestly, there was this 
Stigma, nobody wanted to come. Like Laird said, I will come so you can continue doing your work. Yeah. Because like, nobody wanted to touch it because they're not treasure hunters. But Laird's like, it's still just archaeology. Yeah. And because of him, now other archaeologists and oh, other people are standing <laughs> up and being yeah. like, whoa, this is important. But because Laird stuck his neck out and could have been his reputation too. Yeah. The, this has continued to happen and great things have been found. So with, out someone like Laird or Laird in particular saying, yes, I'll take the risk and I will do this when nobody else would, there wouldn't be any more search. Mad respect for Laird. So hurts for Laird. Like, hurts for Laird. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. That that's that I'll step off my soapbox now. <laughs> okay. Mama bear was protecting Laird there. Yeah. I was protecting bat Laird or yeah. Laird man. Laird man. Yeah, so um, I mean, this, the okay. Let's get let's get let's, back on track. Let's, let's wrap this up. Um, where were we? <laughs> yeah, we are like at the very Billy, end where Rick chimes in and yeah. make. Well, okay, so no, Marty, Marty Marty pointed out that there are four acres that are off limits to them now. He's just so frustrated. Yeah, and he says that if there are more things uh, that are find archaeologically that are important then they might end up with red circles all over the island. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's incredibly also frustrating. Mm -hmm. He says that he has no problems following the rules. Um, he has no issue with that. However, they run the risk of losing more of their property by performing properly. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I said it earlier. That's the catch-22. It's kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, Marty says that he's almost to the point where he's ready to throw in the towel and say, let's just go after the green box and everything else is forget about it. Mm -hmm. And he's so discouraged and he just wants to finish the year like that. But, you know, like you said, that's a product of being in the moment, hearing it for the first time, not being able to digest it, except mm -hmm. for with a camera in front of your face. Right. Yeah. So um, it, he, he does throw it out to Rick. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to put, do this to you put this on you but yeah. what do you want to do rick i hate to lay it on you but what do you want to do and, i mean because rick's also there on the island and rick of course brings everybody's spirits up and he says there's a way to move forward and i think we should yeah even craig is smiling after that yeah so he says that there are areas that they can continue to that continue to intrigue them all and um they do have the drill program in the money pit um it's showing real promise uh, we'll find a way through this, he says. Uh, there is a lot of work to do to help us move the search forward. Um, Gary also says that uh, this this is a roadblock that has been thrown in front of them, um, but we'll go elsewhere and we'll find something fabulous. Mm -hmm. And th there is a, a the camera zooms in on Rick and mm -hmm. he's got that smile. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's what I needed to hear. That's what yep. I love to hear. Yep. Because it's not over. No, there's a lot left to do, and there's a lot of areas they can still explore. You can feel the entire room kind of go, oh, okay. Hmm. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for you the brought us back a little bit. Perspectives, those yeah. of us that have, you know, kind of had a chance to digest it. Now let Marty get through it. They'll tell him the plans. We know they did a a new updated VLF survey. So the very low frequency, which was like the Behringer survey, they did their own. Okay. So they can probably overlay that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. They've got so many things that they can project and try. And like last year, they hit so many obstacles. They started late. They had to work in different areas. They didn't do big cans 
because they were running out of time. And we saw how productive and how good last year came out. This is another one of those things. Like you get a roadblock and this is what really shows your character. What are you going to do? Are you just going to be done? Or are you going to figure something else out and be more fruitful? Just like Gary said, this forces a perspective shift and maybe that's what's needed again. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. Yep. Right. But we have the next time on the Curse of Oak Island yes. and things aren't so bleak. No, they aren't. They don't seem so bleak. They do not because, okay. So um, next time on the Curse of Oak Island. Yes. Wood is found in the money pit. And Terry Wood. says, yeah, it must have been come from a very large shaft. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. If it was a shaft, it would be a very big one. Yeah. And then Gary is metal detecting. He finds what could be a chisel. A chisel. Yeah. Where Sorry. was that at? Do you remember? Like, where, was I don't... he in the money pit area looking through some stuff? He was looking know. through some spoils. It could have. Maybe it's old money pit stuff. Maybe. I mean, they did find chisel and... Uh something else yeah swages oh, on no, a different lot swamp. yeah i don't know um marty gets professional analysis of the stone shot that was found mm -hmm. and the professional that is um, doing the analysis says that it's uh, its composition is unusual mm -hmm. so that's something uh they do go to the archaeology trailer so much notes i can't get back to it in time okay uh the xrf um has an analysis on another object and it shows 81 87.1 iron but it shows 0.2 percent gold so that's something hmm. um dr krista brousseau arrives in the war room dun, dun, dun. She's that was back. so cool so it's good to see her it's good to see her in the war room and uh she says that the real interesting part of this particular object is this there are several gold flakes on it what, what what gold flakes like the ones that came up on the drill bit that went into the chapel vault and they also brought up the parchment that vi written on it right could it be um marty says wow and seems to be in a much better mood in the next episode that's in my notes like marty seems like he's in a much better mood so mm -hmm. he had time to process all that uh stuff <laughs> in the war room um so yeah that's it that's it there is one little other thing I have in my notes, and it says that there was commercials during this episode mm -hmm. for Beyond Oak Island Season 2 that begins in January. So ooh, ooh. that's exciting, too. Yep. Start of a new year with some Beyond. Beyond. Oak Island and Beyond. Actually, we have uh, our friends doing the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond podcast right mm -hmm. now, or live stream of some yes. sort. Um, go check them out. Yeah, Deidre, definitely. Deidre is always there in the chat when they do their recap. And she's I, often, I try to. She's often chatting with Chatterson in there and they talk to her. And, they talk to me sometimes. Yeah. So Deidre's they're cool there. people. Yeah. I like that. I, I don't, I, I, when she's there, I'm usually hanging with the kids. So I'm not there, but you know, I hang with the kids and do it all at the same time, too. Yeah. So um, we do what we can. We do what we can. Uh, should we talk about our clotworthy moments? Ooh. Yeah. Clotworthies. What won the last week's clotworthy moment? Well, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? I'm going to say this one won. Wood found at a depth of nearly 90 feet in borehole oh, B4. Bad. That was from this week. Uh, scratch Someone that. please take um, this, this one. Sound. Traces of gold detected on the mysterious piece of metal retrieved from D2 in the money pit. Traces of gold is the winner because I picked it. 
Okay, so it comes down to Dustin didn't post it this time. And someone should take the soundboard away from him because he just played the wrong clip. Uh, from <laughs> You played one of this week's. <laughs> You're going to confuse people. My bad. All right, so it's anyway. All I agree. Trace is a gold, was a winner this week. Well, for these couple of days. And then now we, for episode three. three we have two new ones, one that's already been played, but we're going <laughs> to play it again. All right. And you're going to play it first or second? No, I'm playing it first. All right. Keep it. <laughs> so this is one of your choices for clot worthy moments that you can vote on. Hopefully later today. Week. Wood found at a depth of nearly 90 feet in borehole B4. Wood. Wood. B4. Okay. <laughs> okay cool. And the one that this one is. Going up Competing against. against. All right. What is it? Mi'kmaq pottery discovered along the new stone feature. Mi'kmaq pottery so versus pottery wood. versus before wood. Mm. So, you think people will vote for wood because they're mad at the pottery finds? They might, but or now that you put that in their cool. head, they might. Well, maybe the pottery finds are just super cool, and you know that's what they want to vote for. Who knows? I think people should vote for what they want to vote for. Okay. So how to do that is you go to facebook.com slash Podcast, find the groups uh, that we manage. And uh, the group is, could it be an, an Oak Island, Island group? group? Click on it, join it, and then you can vote for your favorite clot-worthy moment. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Okay. Right. Um, do we have anything else going on? Uh, all, all I can think of is sharing our handles of how to get a hold of us. Oh, we do have a new review Ooh. on Facebook. Facebook review from one of I our good friends, uh, Gelia mm -hmm. Keller. She says, these are amazing people in a terrific group. A lot of great information and fun times concerning the Curse of Oak Island. Outstanding guest on the show. Thank you, Gelia. You're Thank awesome. Thank you, Gelia. We love you. so sweet. Thank you so much. You are wonderful. And the last thing I want to touch on is Patreon. Yes. We do have a few new Patreon uh, oh, supporters. And so I'd like to say thank you to... Uh, Julian S for um, uh, supporting us on Patreon. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And Catherine P. Thank you both so much for supporting us on Patreon. It uh, it, it literally means, means the world to us. Yeah. Um, like uh, we're trying to make more of uh, the show of this broadcast mm -hmm. be um, something we kind of do for a living, mm -hmm. right? So um, if we get paid for it, and I mean, it's always going to be free. Yeah, but, like it helps us pay our bills, yeah, pay, pay uh, electricity, internet, cable, yep. you know, so we could keep the show going. So thank you to everybody that's done that. If you wanted to do it, you go to patreon.com slash Oak Island podcast. Correct. Um, Patreon is spelled a little weird. Like it, it's um, it's hard to spell. It just it just is. So, uh, yeah, it um, is. I, how do you I've spell Patreon? Oh, oops. Patreon. Yeah, let me on. see. So. Well, Deidre is like terrible at like I'm a stuff. really bad speller. So Patreon, you know, I'm not good either, I guess, because I can't even they find spell it weird. P H E R E O N, I think, dot com slash Oak Island Podcast. If if you just want to go to Google and type in Patreon Oak Island Podcast, you'll find us. So but P A T R No E. Yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. Go ahead again. P A T R E O N. That's how you spell Patreon. Um, so this Patreon is just a platform for content creators to, mm -hmm. um, 
be paid for what they do. I mean, it's still always going to be free, but if you enjoy it, even like uh, two bucks a month support to us is um, make, it tingles our hearts with um, warmness and uh, gratitude. There you go. Yes. Uh, other things you can do that help support us are follow us. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Oak Island Podcast on our page. Of course, you can join the group, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on Instagram at Oak Island Podcast. Mm -hmm. We're on Twitter at Oak Island Pod. We're there. Uh, you can email us. That's uh, Oak Island Podcast at gmail.com. Correct. Amundu. Yeah. We also have a website. We do. OakIslandPodcast.com. Uh, another way you can support us is buy yourself some swag on there. Yeah, we got t-shirt designs, coffee cups, mm -hmm. water bottles, blankets, notebooks, yeah. uh, all that stuff. Yep. Go find it. Go all check it out. Jazz. So that's uh, oakislandpodcast.com and then click on what? Store? It's just store shopping. I need to do a. Yeah, I haven't day. been there in a while myself. So, uh, But yeah, anybody that does anything like that, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. We love... Uh, all the feedback. And if you wanted to leave us also a review, you could do yes. that on um, Apple podcasts or on to Facebook, Facebook and yeah. we'll read it if we get it. So yep. anything else? I don't I, think, I think so. we got it all. Thank you all so much for being here. You guys are awesome. All the live chat. Amazing too. We will be um, here for pregame before the next episode. Yeah. We'll be here at 5 PM Pacific, 8 PM Eastern or sorry, five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook.com slash Oak Island Podcast mm -hmm. for Oak Island pregame where we just chat and have a good time with people mm -hmm. uh, in anticipation for the next episode of The Curse of Oak Island. That's on Tuesday, 8 p.m. Pacific. Sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Booyah. Booyah. Thank you, Agnes, for the reminder. She's in the chat. We do have an IMDb page oh. uh, yeah. where our episodes are. Uh, well, you can also leave us a review on IMDb. Okay, we'll have to look that up. Maybe we have some IMDb reviews that I'm unaware of. Yeah, I need to double check that because I've got some more episodes to put on that. Sweet. All right, well, thanks, OG, Agnes. Appreciate that. And thank you to everybody for being here today. Anything else? I think that's it. That's it. So until next time. Uh, could it be? Bye.